What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Ball Status. <laughs> That's right. An episode where we talk about the health of business and the business of health or vice versa. I am joined today by Meaty Thighs. Hi, my name is Patrick. Just, just yes. <laughs> just yes. We also have special guests. I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. Sean Moe, Purist Labs. Courtney Harris, Purist Labs. Just Purist Labs. You are technically, what's your title? CEO and president. C- this is the big dog right <laughs> uh, next to us, the big dog. And then what do we got here? Vice president and partner. All right, there we go. So before we get started, you know we got to thank our sponsors, Merrick Energy, so let's crack into it. We told them, so this, I hope this doesn't disappoint, a cigar and victory Merrick Energy is the way to go. I'm telling you. Mm. It really is. Yeah. It's good. yeah. So victory is actually our number one selling flavor. Which is very odd, you think, for an energy drink. I think it's because it's so different. You know, like people don't really do soda flavors anymore. Yeah, but it's really good. As yeah. soon as he said cream soda, that's what I wanted. Yeah. So, today on today's episode, we are going... That didn't even make sense, today on today's episode, but I guess it does. So, last episode, we went through our origin story. And so today we had some guests in town who came by to check out the facility. They're in town also to visit with their distribution partner, Europa. Um, And we figured it was a good opportunity to give them a chance to tell their story. And one of the things that we have found in our business, um, I guess technically we're competitors, okay? (laughs) Right? So we're competitors. Um, And one of the things that we have found through the years is, I, I know when we were, newbies really very young in the industry we were very aggressive kind of against our competitors and more in the retail space so you guys know we have the retail stores and one of the things that we did is like we'd always try to get an exclusive over the guy down the street you know and say you can't sell your products there and there was a period of time where we did that we tried to maintain like exclusivity we kind of wanted to be a little bit more cutthroat in 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 that in that aspect and we kind of flipped the switch. It was like an overnight epiphany that at the end of the day, one of our core values is building community and building relationships. And that should also, and serving people, and that should roll over into the way we actually do business with our competitors as well. And since that, this is probably what, five, six years ago? I was still in the retail stores. Uh, yeah, no. 2017. 2017. So about five years ago, we took the approach that we're going to actually help those people. And so since that time, we have um, helped other, literally our competitors, like we will help them. We will help them get product. We will help them with advice. We will talk to them about POS systems. We will do all that. And that carries over into the brands. We literally welcome anyone, any brand owner with open arms to our facility because at the end of the day, we clearly do not know everything. <laughs> we mess up stuff all the time. We, we're, we're great at messing stuff up, and we're also great at figuring things out. And so um, that is why we open our door. And so we welcome you guys here. We hope you have uh, you know, a, good, a good visit here. And I think this is a good platform uh, for people to learn about your brand. Um, again, we don't view them as competitors. We feel that we could learn something from them and maybe they could learn something from us. And there's a big enough space in the dietary supplement world that maybe we can work together. You know, maybe we can work together to put great products out to help other people. And that's really what it's all about. So uh, with that intro and kind of like the background on why we do these things, um, I'd like to know a little bit more about your story. I know the the bare minimum of purists. Like I know back in like early teens when we had it in like the nutrition court, like Arlington. Um, I remember a lot of their products flowing through them, but I don't really know much about the story. And I know you guys all have, you two individuals have your own story and what got you there. So maybe we can start there um, and then see where this takes us. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that it, it kind of goes right with what you're saying as far as working together rather than being competitive. I apologize for just blowing my smoke all over <laughs> you. So that's just part of it. Courtney and I both come from distribution. Uh, going a step farther back, I started in the gym business. So I was kind of on the retail side. I've always kind of grown up with health and fitness. 
Um, started working in a gym at 18, right out of high school, really just to get a free membership. Um, and kind of did everything along the way there. I did sales, personal training, um, front desk, you know, just whatever, whatever the, the task was that was needed, but kind of got a taste for supplements there. Um, and, you know, started selling there and then just kind of progressed and stayed with Gold's Gym. I moved to Florida, uh, worked with a circuit of Gold's Gyms there, and then was introduced and got to know John Hoffman, who owned Lone Star Distribution, and he became our distribution partner there at the gym. And so towards the end there, um, when time Meaning ran he out, was he was selling to the yeah. gym at that time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You were buying your stuff from them. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but I just remember John striking a chord with me because at the time he was based out of Texas. He lived in Texas. Um, and the way that he treated us as a customer, and we weren't by any means a big customer on his radar at that time, or at least I didn't think we were, but just the, the personal touches that he would do to go out of his way to just call and check in, um, come through town, you know, whether it was like a Disney trip with his family or something like that, he'd stop in, see you at the gym and just talk to you. And he just had such a nice manner to him that I remember thinking to myself, you know what, when this is done here for me, I either want to go off and do my own thing or I want to work with that guy. And so... When time ran out at the gym, I, I, I reached out to him and I said, hey, you know, I'd like to I'd like to do something with you or for your company. And we got to talking and, and that's ultimately what brought me to Lone Star, uh, which was a distribution company that was actually out of Texas, but had offices in Florida, um, New York and Georgia at the time. Um, so what what year is this? This is going back to 2010. OK. Um, and so, you know, it, it was funny because he called me. And he goes, hey, Sean, I'm just, you know, sitting here spitballing, you know, what would you think about Dallas or Atlanta? And I was at lunch with my wife at the time and I'm thinking to myself, there's no way in hell she's going to go for this. You know, so we had just gotten the check. So I had a pen. I just wrote on a napkin, Dallas, Atlanta, question mark, and slid it to her. And without, a, without skipping a beat, she circled Atlanta and passed it back. And mm, it was kind of surprising to me. But, you know, um, I thanked him and I said, look, it's Friday. Let me, let me think about it over the weekend. And um, I'll give you a call on Monday. And, you know through conversations and, you know, there's a longer story to that, but we went back and forth for a while, but ultimately ended up in, in Georgia a couple months later. Um, and things progressed really quickly with Lone Star. I think so you're I, a sales rep now for Lone Star or what I, are you doing? I started as a sales rep. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, it was kind of, out he of it was funny because <laughs> I didn't really know what I was getting into. You know, I just, I knew John, I knew the culture <clears throat> of John. I didn't know the culture of Lone Star or the company. Um, but I knew I liked him and I knew I wanted to work for him. And so it was a big step back from where I was at earning wise, you know, taking that leap and going up there. But I remember talking to him and I just kind of, I asked him a question on what the potential was not, you know, any, any further as far as could I get there? Is it realistic? What was the potential? And he came back with a number that I felt comfortable with. Um, even though the guarantee was far from that. Right. And so, you know, we took a huge leap and moved to Georgia and my wife didn't, you know, immediately come up with me. I think I moved up in August and she stayed back with our townhouse and, and she moved up the day after Christmas. So for about four months there, you know, I was in, I was in Atlanta and she was in Orlando. Um, but then shortly after I got up to the Georgia office, we had a, a general manager that was in that office and he was commuting back and forth from Dallas, Texas to Georgia every week. Oh, so on what's Friday, that drive? 12 hours. Nice. He so, was driving? Yeah. So on Friday, he would leave out about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and he would go to Dallas, and, you know, he had a wife, and I think he might have had, you know, children at the time, but back in Dallas. So he would go spend the weekend, and then he would come back, you know, probably overnight on Sunday. I think two weeks into the job, he didn't come back. So, you know, in two weeks' time, I went from being a sales rep to in a Georgia market that at the time was not going to scrape the surface of what that earning potential was. Yeah becoming the general manager and because of my sales background that progressed into the uh the director of sales role with Lone Star Distribution and so you know John and Chuck his partner um were very good to me um you guys talk about culture and you have an amazing culture here they they instilled a great culture at Lone Star we just had a great team great people and a lot of fun doing what we were doing um they brought me in um I became a small small partner in the in the company and you know we were just kind of off to the races. It was just, it was the right timing. I think that at that time, you know, we're, we're going into 2011, 2012, online sales. Slinging that OEP, baby. <laughs> Remember uh, that? Yeah. It, days it was, rolling. It was a crazy time. <laughs> you know, online sales were starting. One MR. Yeah. And so it went from store <laughs> orders of, you know, hey, can I get, you know, six or 12 to can I get a, you know, a gross or a pallet, you know, and it just kind of scaled from there. And so 
it was a lot of fun. Crazy. You know, it, it, it was crazy. But, you know, I think that we never viewed competition the way that you guys did. You know, as a distributor, we kind of saw ourselves as a bridge, not only between the brands and the customer, but between the brands too. Like, um, we had good relationships with all the brands. And so it was tough for us, you know, to go to an event and be like, hey, you know what, I'm going to go hang out with Doug tonight, and then I'm going to go hang out with Don tomorrow. It was like, I want to hang out with everybody. Yeah. You know? So it was like kind of getting everybody together. And so that was one thing that we kind of prided ourselves on as far as just being a company and a culture where, you know what, just come in and everybody can break bed together and we can get a lot more done together than if, you know, there's a lot of infighting going on. So you're exactly right in terms of you can get a lot more done you know, working with your competition rather than working against yeah. your competition. We're yeah. all in the same fight, you know, yeah. and we saw that firsthand with Europa, you know, because for a long time it was, you know, we were staring at Europa on the other side of the fence and we just kind of looked at each other and it was, you know, it was awkward at shows and stuff. You would, you would see them, but you wouldn't really engage with them or talk to yeah. them. Um, you know, it would just be passing conversations. Uh, and then, you know, fast forward to 2015, Lone Star sold to private equity and then in 2016 merged with Europa. All right. So I, I we got brought together. I ask a lot of probably inappropriate questions that people get uncomfortable to answer. So so do you get like a payout on that? <laughs> like so you were a, a part owner, right? Like do you get did like I you, said I was a minuscule. Okay. <laughs> so they gave <laughs> you like a bottle of wine yeah, or something, something, right? Like <laughs> Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyways, keep going. So, so yeah, so I mean, um, you know, it switched from we were competitors, fierce competitors, I guess you could say, with Europa to now becoming one company, you know, and I think that that was the way it was branded was one team. And um, Europa graciously, you know, opened their arms and, and opened their company and, and let us in, you know. Um, but I'm not going to lie, it was it was awkward at first, you know, yeah. because you're, you're, you're having right. to immediately switch from, you know, people that you didn't necessarily talk to to now that you're, you're, you're partners with, you're doing business with them. Yeah. So that is 2015. That's 2016 16. when we did the merge, yeah. And so then... How do you fast forward? How do you get to Purist then? Or was there another step in, in after Europa? So, yeah, um, I was with Europa. I stayed on there for a year as yep. one of the directors with Rick and Justin. Yep. Um, and then, you know, I was, I was talking to Patrick about it earlier, you know, through that, that merge, and I'm sure that, you know, people on the Europa side got it too, you know. I think brands kind of sensed turmoil or like, you know, an opportunity there. So they started going after reps and, and trying to get people. So you got a lot of phone calls and, you know, people reaching out and saying, hey, are you happy? You know, what do you, what's your next move? What are you going to do? Would you be interested? And I didn't want to, you know, as you guys know, this industry is real easy to fall in that trap of getting on the merry-go-round and, yep. and trading polos, right? Yeah. And I just didn't want to have <laughs> that, that closet full of polos. So I was, I was very, you know, wary of that and, and selective if I was going to do that, you know, that I made the right choice. Um, and Diamondized actually came along and called. And this was about a year into, you know, being on board with Europa and, and so I was open to it, and I went out and met with them. And, you know, I think that the thing that attracted me to Diamondize is once I got out there, for being as big of a company as it was, they ran it very lean and very small. It was, a, it was a small team. It was a great culture. But everybody wore a lot of hats. They were all, you know, willing to kind of jump in and, and you know, help out, do the same thing. And, and so it reminded me a lot of, not that I was unhappy at Europa, but it reminded me a lot of the way we worked at Lone Star. Was that before so, or after Diamondize sold to Post? That was after. Okay. So, so this is this is now going into early 2017. So um, took that position as director of sales for Diamatize and stayed on there for two years and have nothing but great things to say about Diamatize. It was a great company from top down, great people. But great he still team. left. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, fast forward another two years, 2018, um, my wife and I are actually in the hospital. She's giving birth to my son. And it was kind of a, uh, you know, a little bit of a turmoil situation because my son was born premature. So we're in there a couple months before <laughs> he's supposed to be. And um, every, everything that's worked. traumatic. That's traumatic. Everything, uh, everything worked out great. You know, everybody's good, healthy. Um, but while I was there, you know, Chuck calls from Lone Star. Um, and, you know, I didn't take the call. And then two seconds later, John calls thinking to myself, okay, this is weird that, you know, it's not, not coincidence that they're both calling back to back like this. So, um, I stepped out and took the call with John and, and explained to him where I was and said, Hey, I, re I really can't talk, but yeah. you know, is everything okay? And he's like, yeah, I just wanted to, wanted to Chuck and I wanted to talk to you about something. So you get a chance, you know, congratulations and just give us a call whenever. So I think it was about a week later, I called them and I'll get into the story about Purist and, and Brandon Smith. But at that time, you know, Formula Life, which is 
Brandon's other company um, was scaling rapidly. Brandon had some other business ventures going on with like some some cabin development and, and real estate. And so he was looking to step away from the purest business and they were looking for somebody to kind of come on board and take that over. Um, John and Chuck were both partners in Purist. Um, and so, you know, they, they kind of floated the idea of, of that. And so, you know, with them being in Dallas and Diamondized being in Dallas, I was going to be there in about a month. I met him up for dinner and, and we sat down and we talked and, you know, I kind of knew in the back of my head which way I was going to lean, but even though I was in a very comfortable spot with a very good company, but I mean, you know, to have two partners that I respect tremendously that are, you know, also mentors and, you know. Well, assuming they also offered you equity to come over, yeah, right? I mean, so and, like, and that's another thing is, you know, you, you, you get, you know, vested equity right out of the gate and, you know, kind of control of a brand. And not that, you know, I was handcuffed at all at Domatize. You know, I was given a lot of freedom, uh, you know, creativity wise, ideas, everything, bring it to the table. Let's run with it. But, you know, to kind of say, okay, well, this is a brand that I'm very familiar with of the relationship with Lone Star. Um, very familiar and, and, and have a lot of respect for Brandon, you know, um, coming up with, with throughout the brands and working with the brands. There was a handful that you look at, and, you know, you see the guys that are in it just to make money. And then you see the guys that are just real passionate about supplements, formulas, and, you know, that works. Yeah, we can talk about Brandon too. I, I know we met him uh, at the One Nut Bash uh in 2018 or 19 and i was thoroughly impressed with him i i clicked very well with him and his mindset i remember i think he was sat on the panel for the ask the pros like the yeah like the owners we got sushi one night and that's yeah. when he was yeah, i was like to get right, that, this guy he was trying to get to abc business <laughs> he, he was man he was trying <laughs> brandon's got one speed and that's 100 right. miles an hour he that's what i liked i think i was like all right he's hustling all the time yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and they tell him about the cabins and everything else he's got going on so right. that was cool so so you took the position, and this is 2000... Yeah, so this is this is the end 19? of 2018. I, I, I yep. stepped on officially January 2019. Okay. And so you've been, I guess, technically CEO since then? Yep. Running running the brand? Yeah. Um, where do you come into this? How do you get into this, this whole situation? Well, oddly enough, our beginnings at Lone Star were pretty much similar. Because the part he didn't get into is how he had to keep going back and thought he had a job and didn't have a job and all that good stuff. A lot but, of back and forth, there, yeah. Yeah, but with mine, like, dude, I wasn't even, I didn't even know the difference between protein and pre-workout when I went to Lone Star. Had yeah. no idea. Just started working out. Um, but I was working for Comcast. I don't know you if need, you guys you have. Need help. Hold on. Let me, let me show you how this is done because <laughs> this lighter is busted. So we, take, we take the gun. Yeah. Ready? You got to light the light. If you're, if you're listening on Spotify or <laughs> iTunes, you Hold need on. to make sure you go to YouTube so you can see the the creativity that Doug has come up with. He takes a butane lighter, he <laughs> puts a pistol, a pistol looking regular lighter to light it, and then he just straight torch that cigar. <laughs> Only on YouTube, folks. Yeah. All right. So now he's lit. He can yeah. relax for a second over there. But I worked. <laughs> I worked for Comcast. I did. Uh, Hold on. Let me see that tip. Let me see. Let me see your tip. Other tip. <laughs> Got to snip it a little like bigger it. now. Golly. I mean, I usually go with the you're not, but not this, but this kind. You're not yeah. even circumcised here, boy. <laughs> Bro, get in there like that. that That's gonna, how you do it. It's gonna hit hard. Uh, shalom. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So I worked for uh, for Comcast. I sold business internet, and it was the worst job I ever had. Couldn't stand it. Yep. Um, so I went home and told you my You guys wife, are sneaky there, man. Those Comcast salesmen, bro. Business. Bro. Business. Not, Watch not out for home. this guy, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but I went, I, I told my wife that I just, I, you know, wasn't happy, didn't want to stay there. Um, and it was, it was a day I, like, I came home early, which I never do. I'm usually out late, you know, working and whatnot. And I looked on monster.com, which I would never look for a job on there. And it was like the third job I saw was was Lone Star Distribution. I just I remember scrolling by it and thinking to myself, I'm like, who's gonna sell steaks, right? That's that, that was my first thing, right? But then I, I scrolled Cattle. back up to it and I I started reading it and I was like, oh, so, you know, sports supplements, right? It's like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. So I looked at the website, um, sent my resume in, you know, went back to work, kind of forgot about it. But then I was like, man, I never I never got you know a call back or anything. So I found a number on the website. I called. It ended up being Sharon Patterson, our our marketing person, who. You know, told uh, the manager in Indianapolis, we had, they had a warehouse in Indianapolis. I, I think it had just opened. It hadn't been open long. Um, 
and I finally got an interview. But it, the funny thing about me starting at Lone Star is I went into that interview and, you know, I just wanted to know what the bonuses were, commissions, because it was a huge, huge um, it, pay decrease. Like, I mean, it was a lot. It was a lot, right? Um, so basically, when she told me like all the different little ways you can make money on the distribution side, I, I you know get them like, spiffs. Yeah, right. But I was like, all right, I, and I just I kind of pretty much stopped the interview and just told her I was starting on Monday. Like I, at this yeah. point, I knew I wanted this job, right? Yeah. So she was like kind of put back by that, and then um, but then she's I mean everything worked out, and then that night I think Sean called me, um, and I went to work for Lone Star, just sales rep in, in the Indianapolis office. But then you know we were still expanding Lone Star, and Lone Star you know opened up a. Uh, distribution center in Vegas and our manager or I'm sorry our warehouse manager and was supposed to be the sales manager were going out to open that well something happened with them or her or whatever I long story short I ended up being the sales manager in the Indianapolis warehouse and then started helping with the the sales reps in Vegas and then you know even some in in the Dallas warehouse Um, at that time by then Sean was taking care of everything as as far as being a director side Um, but when the merger hit you know, um, I knew I wasn't going to Europa right away. You know, the one thing is, is if you were staying on, they closed the warehouse. Uh, so they closed the Indianapolis Lone Star warehouse and they kept, kept open the Europa, Ohio warehouse, yeah. but there's no reps out of there. So if you were going to stay on a rep, you had to move to Charlotte. And I knew I wasn't moving. I have kids. They're in yeah. great schools. Um, but the only other offer they gave me was to be an outside rep with this little stretch of yeah, yeah. i knew what was there and it was get a you a good xterra yeah oh yeah but it was yeah. A whole, <laughs> yeah. my biggest customer would have been an anytime fitness i knew that i knew right. that right so i decided pretty early on that i wasn't gonna go um i did talk to everybody and everything and and just you know i ended up accepting a job with cellucor went to cellucor for for several years um loved the culture when i went there um loved the guys i worked with i'd worked with them a lot at Lone Star. so what year is this uh, what year are you at cellucor 2016. 16. Whenever the merger hit. Okay. Right. So when I went, I went to Cellucor. Was there for for a while, and, and I even rem- remember the the Arnold where I found out that Sean um, took the Purist job. Actually, I remember when I found out you took the Dynatize job, and then two years later, or whatever, you yeah. took the Purist job. And you know, somebody even said something to me about it. You know, like to 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 rewind that when I came in the Lone Star, the first rep that I spoke to on the vendor side was Jason Barnhouse with Purist Labs. The first person that I went on the road with at Lone Star was Barnhouse at Pierce Labs. The first product I sold was a Pierce Labs product when I got into this industry. Um, but, you know, a, a year, however long went by, I, it couldn't have been that long that went by. Cause I've, I've been at Pierce for two or three years now. But, you know, I decided and I, you know, talked to my wife. I was just, I was ready for something different as far as I wanted to go to a, a smaller company than Cellucor. By then, Cellucor was huge, right? Um, Is this pre-C4 RTD days? Before the carbonated. Okay. Um, It's before FitJoy. Remember FitJoy? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So, so, but I told my wife, you know, that, you know, I just, I just wanted something, same industry, but I wanted something where I could be a part, more part of it. Like my opinion matters more. I can help it grow, all that good stuff. Um, And and my first call was to Sean. You know, I just told him what I was planning and, you know, then we got to talking and then it was, it was a no brainer. you know, just come on, you know, I knew the products. I still use the products. Um, Noxygen and even Condense. Sean turned me back on to Condense again, you know, well before that. Um, but it was just a no-brainer. Came over here and, you know, just trying to grow this thing now. So what? So let's talk about the actual origin of Purus, right? Because you guys were, were not involved. In, whoa, Nelly, we got a windstorm here in Statesville, North Carolina. <laughs> I'm sidekick. Yeah. I'll just be up here holding it down. <laughs> so um, what, how did Purist start? So ironically enough, Purist started out at distribution too. So Brandon Smith started out as a distribution rep for Lone Star. I okay. don't know exactly how long he sat in that seat. Man, he Lone Star boys. We're all over. Yeah. <laughs> but he got frustrated, and as you know, Brandon, I mean, I'm yeah. sure you can see this, but, you know, he would talk to the customers, and he didn't have in the catalog what they needed. Like he could, you know, he's got that mind to where he could see from the store level, okay, this is what they're looking for. I don't have it to sell to them, you know, but he knew that he could make it. So he was like, you know what, enough of this. I'm going to start my own brand. And in 2009, he started Purist Labs. So he Hold boosted. On. And so what was like, what was his idea of the products that he needed? Like what was the You know, that would be a better question, that? sir, for Brandon. I'm not quite sure. About Brandon, it. open it. invite. Statesville, North Carolina. Good to catch up. That would be a great podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
But, you know, I know that that was hot and heavy in the pro-hormone homo, hormone days. Homo. Uh, that's a hard <laughs> one to say. Uh, hot and heavy in the homo day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got real interesting. Uh, canceled. So I think... Like, <laughs> Purist Labs is canceled. Sales dive. Just, just Welcome to America. <laughs> this is the day it happened. Uh, so I think that, you know, like he had some big hit products with like Epal, Nasty Mass, Halivar. That kind of is mm. what put him on the I do map. remember that in the store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was before my time. I think that was through uh, Cape Cod. And that was some hardcore Jason. stuff. Um, so Purist was was doing pro hormones at the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. That's the backbone, that's really, right? Okay. So, um, so he got about a year into that, and then he, he started getting frustrated with the manufacturing side. And he's like, well, this is, I'm on this, but now I just can't get this stuff made you know, the way I want it made and in time. That's funny because my story is kind of the same, but in an opposite direction. I was frustrated on the retailer side, you know, trying to find stores that could appreciate what you were necessarily necessarily doing. I was not doing the pro hormones. I was like the natural bodybuilder, right? The clean, like the little bit more vanilla, let's say, right? Like it was hard for me to find retailers to get on board with that at, at the time. Now, Things have changed since then, right? right. People demand that. But um, it was hard for me, so I went and was frustrated on the retail side. So that's why we started the stores, is to, find, to create an environment for the stores where he was frustrated on the manufacturing side and did the manufacturing. That's kind of interesting. Right. Yeah, so he created Formula Life, and that was in 2010. And, and you know, of course, because there, there was that need in the market, that scaled very quickly. Yeah. Um, as did Purist, because, I mean, like, he started identifying – outliers and products that just kind of filled gaps so you know from that i think the oxygen is a perfect example of like where that that product started and was was more- that the viral product that put put purist on the I, on I the, was. On the map. So, i mean you know it was hard it was cheap it was cheap and that was the thing so muscle he, he's marinade. saying no no oh marinade oh marinade man really it tasted good. like rotting meat but yeah. man that would light you up yeah. that was some good stuff so so muscle marinade was, you know, and, and you're right, a lot of people didn't like the taste, but it's one of those things where they take it away how it's really popular. We had a lot of it, and they, and actually Brandon pulled that before they had to take it off, uh, yeah. off the market. So that was DMAA, right? Right, yeah. but everybody knew, and he made it public that he was pulling it, and we couldn't, like, we sold through everything he had really quick. You know, Noxygen came right at the end of, of Do you still marinade. have marinade today? No. Okay, so this is what I'm saying, like, I, you guys need to bring that back. Like that's your, that's <laughs> well, your home run. Those are some questions well, that I have for this, that's your that's your home run for purists. Like well, bring that back nostalgia to pure. Well, a lot of the brand I feel like has built since been built on oxygen. Yeah, on yeah, on, I mean, on nitrate because you know, Brandon yeah. saw at that time when oxygen was born, it was like when all the microdose pre workouts were hitting. Yep. So you had like you know the Jack the Micro, Jack, Jack Microdose, mm-hmm. you know, just a small scoop, yep. which would light you up. Nothing good about a Micro. You weren't getting any kind of benefit. <laughs> You know, performance-wise, there was no, there was no pump there. Just kind of piggybacking off. I know what you're saying. Uh, I, I'm getting what you're putting down. So you know, he, he came out with Noxygen, and it it was basically just a twenty-dollar product built, you know, solely for retail. It was like, all right, sell this with whatever you want to sell it with. It yep. doesn't have to be marinade. Uh, that's it a good can idea. Be, be an O explode. It can be jacked. It can be one MR. Whatever pre-workout you're selling, you can add twenty dollars to the basket by just holding this at the counter. It's a small bottle. And you can add it to anything. There's no flavor. There's no color. It doesn't do anything to the pre-workout except make it better. So it's an amplifer. So for those who don't know, Noxygen is basically, it's a glycerol, right? Yeah. Glycerol. Yep. It's Hydromax glycerol with yep. uh, two forms of nitrates to it. Yep. Butane and sodium nitrate. So, it, it, you know, on its own, it gives you a, a, a great pump. But then you stack it with, you know, yep. any kind of pre-workout, and you've got a really good, you know, synergist there. Um, but it's, he just said synergism. He did say yeah. synergism. Yeah, that's, 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 that's Pat's word. Yep. I trailed off on E, but you guys got the answer. <laughs> I like the answer. It, it, it's a good product. And even in distribution when that came out, I remember it was really easy to sell. Because everybody wants to build a bigger basket with, with their customers. Right. But on the other side of that, too, is um, that was when people were flirting with the non-STEM pre-workouts. Yeah. And the, the whole way that I sold it, and I still do today because I'll use it if I work out in the evening just because I don't want to stem. I right. won't be able to sleep, especially if I'm in a hotel. Is you know you can use that alone. So that I mean it was it was always a really easy seller because it's a really good product. So, but Brandon, he was in, he's involved in, you know we can cut out whatever you want to cut out from this podcast, but we're gonna ask some more questions. Yeah. So he's involved in other brands too, though, right? Didn't he start? He's not involved in other with other brands. No. Isn't uh, so? But he's a, he's still like the main partner over at Formula Life, right? Or is he out now? 
No, Formula just went through a sale. He's still a partner. I don't know, you know, what the details, what of, the that, details yeah. are of that, but, you know, they went through a sale last year, last year sometime. Okay. So there's, he's there's operationally. Because I always think yeah. as a not knowing the inner workings of the relationships there, like I always see like rise, right? Because they're, they're, they're growing like crazy right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I always thought that was like Formula Life rise. I thought Brandon was there, you know, like. So I think that was the misconception that a lot of people really saw. Just made it really uncomfortable. No, I, I, I think yeah. that, you know, that was a misconception that a lot of people saw. It's like anything that was under that Formula Life umbrella was a purist brand or a Formula Life brand. Yeah. That's not necessarily the case. Formula Life is its own contract manufacturer. Yeah. So, you know, the only sister company, I guess, that you could say that, that lived there was purist. You know, we've since broke those companies <laughs> completely apart. But, um, but no, there, there's no ownership of any other brands there. I think that's good uh, clarity. Yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I always thought that like there was like Rise, Formula Life, Purists. I thought they were all like just one big thing, right? Like I, I, I never, I never knew. So, what do you guys got going on today, right? Like, so I know we just, we just sampled uh, a pretty innovative little treat you guys are working on. What else? What else are you guys working on now? And uh, what are the struggles that you guys find in today's market where you're not selling pro hormones? You're not pitching DMAA, you know, the, you know, the, the, the market is way more mature and way more educated today than it was 10 years ago when you guys started. What are the things that you struggle with? And also like, what do you guys, what are your big things coming down the pipe? What are you guys looking forward to doing? Um, as, as far as the big things, we have the, the, the protein crispy treat we're coming out with. Um, hopefully we'll have that out by the end of next month. Um, that's be, that'll be our first product in the snack category. Um, we just recently launched our Noxygen RTDs, pre-workout RTDs. Um, those are doing well. You know, it's hard to hard to do anything with with drinks, as you guys know, with yep. shipping costs and all that stuff. But you know, that's that's something that I kind of pushed for right when I came over, um, just because I've sold a lot of RTDs throughout my career. Um, getting into the gyms, having the gym customers, obviously that's the that's the the target. You know, our our, our customer target is in the gym for the most part. Um, after that, really, it's all flavor extensions. You know, our oxygen pre-workout um, with the caffeine, not the not the stem-free. You know, we have three flavors of that out, but you know, we did that as an exclusive. I think we sent over six, seven flavors for them to choose the exclusive. Um, so where's that exclusive? It's not anymore. Okay. Initially, when we launched it. Okay, Sorry. got it. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, in my opinion, they didn't even choose the number one flavor. Right, so we have who's that. this they you speak of? Your buddies at GNC. I love GNC. Yeah, <laughs> but no, seriously. Um, but we did. Was it six six flavors we sent them? Seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we we actually came out with ten flavors that were that were all good. Yeah, and we chose six out of those to send to them. Right, yeah. and they yeah. were supposed to come out with two. They were going to come out with two, but they couldn't decide, so they came out with three. And hey, that's a win. No, hundred percent. No, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other side of that is though that um, at least my favorite, and I think it was Sean's fla- favorite too, the, the flavor that they didn't pick. So you know, it's now it's just like when do we you know go yeah. ahead and launch this? Um, on our side, we need to come out with samples for it. Um, it's one of those products that we you know we everybody who's taken is like, well you know wow this is a great pre workout, but it's a matter of getting people to try it. Yeah. Um, and then with the RTD also we're we're Flirting around with another flavor, um, just waiting on some more samples. We kind of turned down the first initial. And three. that muscle marinade 2023, baby. It's coming. You heard it here live on Boss Status, baby. It's coming back. Well, it's, they they tried to bring back muscle marinade. Yeah. And it just didn't. It didn't go. I, I think it was just the timing of it. You know, um, you got to bring back the nostalgia of like the dying animal taste to it, but not with the dying animal the black taste. Label. Just, yeah. Do you want do you want all the effects of the original muscle marinade, <laughs> which tasted like a rotting corpse, but with <laughs> but with a great taste now? Bro, save this. Dude. Put it on a commercial. Yeah, yeah. this is. <laughs> you have to put like nine hundred. Do I get a small royal, royalty yeah, on whether this is huge? Yeah. The amount of caffeine to make that thing anywhere close to what it was would just be insane. Hey man, pre hey, This is cool. I'm on your website. Pre workouts are getting stupid. At the top banner, it's hungry question mark new innovation coming and it has a countdown. Like that, don't you? I do like that. That's for the is that your idea. Good. That's for the snacks. Just take it. It was it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's talk about Just, your, yes. Let's That's let's it. talk about your company culture and your current situation and where you're at. So you guys are in Georgia. You running like you you moved it from Texas to Georgia. Right, yeah, because so, that's where you're... Yeah, I'm based out of Georgia. Um, and, you know, when I stepped on, I think that was part of the appeal, too. Um, 
I've always been a big culture guy. Like, I just, you know, if you're not having fun at work, like, what's the point? Right? Not smoking I mean, cigars on a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you guys are a testament to that. But, you know, there's a couple of brands in, in the market out there that I look at and I really I look yeah. up to and I respect. You know, you guys are one of them. I think you guys have an amazing culture here. I think First Form does it probably better than nobody else. Yep. Um, you know, and it, it was like I had an opportunity to step over and take the reins of something. And not that Purist didn't have a good culture, but I was like, I didn't even know what the culture was. I was like... I just want to go and build a company, you know, sales will come, yeah. you know, but I just want to build an amazing culture with an amazing team and just have a lot of fun. Like so that's what I wanted. to When you guys for, so. do your, you know, every brand has a story. We talked about it earlier. Like every, every brand needs a story. Every right. brand has a story because like, customers, they, they relate to the story, right? Like, cause they can choose whatever, like, and maybe some brands are built on a label, right? Or right. just, just a wild label or just one product. What do you think your main, like when you're selling, when you're, when you go to the military and when you go to these big meetings that you have pitching your new products, what is your, how do you pitch your story of Purist Labs, right? Like what, why should I buy a Purist Labs product over a Cellucor, a Dimatize product? Like or as, what, a, as a retailer, why should I partner? Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, even for, speak to us as a nutrition corner buyer, right? Like what? What what Which I makes hope you guys plan on stopping at Mooresville Nutrition Corner on the way? We were actually down. looking for one this morning. Yeah, uh, yeah. We opened our first one in North Carolina. It's about twenty minutes down the street. Okay. Yeah, definitely check that out. Um, yes, we will. So, yeah, I mean that. Like, what is your story? What is your elevator pitch, or like, what is your story that you try to get people to understand about your brand and why they should carry it? So that's not the pitch. Um, we don't ever go in and say you should carry us over this guy or that guy. Um, and that's something yeah, that, no, I, that I've always preached with, with all my salespeople. Don't ever badmouth another no, brand. No, right. um, never. But I mean, just yeah, no. yeah, but I, indirectly, I they're going to yeah. Yeah, they're gonna want to know what makes you guys special. I think that that's probably because of our distribution background and even taking it a step further back to when you know I sold supplements. It was like I come at it from an angle of we just want to help. You know, like it, you tell me your story of what you're dealing with in your store, and I'll tell you if it's a good fit. And if it's not... You know, Courtney knows there's been a lot of times where he's like, hey, this buyer is interested in this. And I just kind of shake my head and say, I don't think that's a good I don't think that's a good fit. This happened yesterday. Um, yeah. And it was a it was a big account. And it, it, you know, Very. potentially could have been really good. And I was just like, I don't I don't think that'll go over well. You know, I mean, and so we'll walk away from stuff like that. But I think it's most important to establish that trust with a store where it's like, hey, look, I'm not a salesman. I want to be your partner. Yeah. So, you know, it only works for me if it works for you. So, you know, Help me identify and understand your store, what your customer base is like, what they're looking for. I know that we have some products, you know, namely Noxygen, that's going to, you know, benefit everybody that, that comes through your store and, and ultimately benefit you too. But, um, you know, I can kind of read that and, and, you know, help them navigate like, okay, here's our catalog, but I think you need to flip to page three, seven, and nine because that's probably what you want. So you're good on. at identifying for a retailer where you can fill their gaps and you know where you can be successful there but what what drives a customer to come to purist labs right like like you know what i mean like what is going to you know that's the question that yeah. that's the question vitamin shop that's the question gnc you know this right. how are you driving traffic that's the and it, it's not an easy question and oftentimes it's not a uh, there's not a direct answer to it sometimes maybe it's just we've been around for 10 years and yeah. we got a big following well you know like at this point in time, how do you drive that traffic? What do you think is appealing to the consumer for your brand? To answer that, that is one thing, right? We have been around for a long time, right? And we have products that have been around for a long time that still sell well enough that we can't get rid of them. Yeah. Um, the point in case is condensed. We can't get rid of condensed because our numbers are high enough that we have to keep that product. Right. Um, it, it, as far as retailers, now GNC and Vitamin Shop, that, that's a hard one because you're never talking to the people in the store. Yep. Um, as far as retailers, though, you know, and Sean touched on it a little bit, but and we talked about it last week. Coming from distribution, we were brought up in this game as consultants, yep. right? So when I walk in, um, you know, it could be something where I know that they can't just fill a cooler up with just my products. That cooler is not going to be successful. They'll sell a few, but they wouldn't sell as much as if they put everything else in the cooler as well, right? right? So when you talk to those, uh, those retailers and you start talking about other brands and you start talking about other products that aren't yours, that right now, right there, will, they'll immediately trust you. They can't believe that you're talking about somebody else's products. They yep. can't believe that we're friends and competitors, but we're sitting here on a podcast together, right? right? Um, and when they realize that we're just there to help them, to help their customers, 
that gets that respect and then, you know, then they'll start talking about things. And just like Sean said too, there are some products that just aren't, you know, you're not going to put a 39.99 recycle into a gym. Right. Right. Like, you know, although they'll ask for it, but maybe, you know, Depaul is the better choice or this, you know, just, let's just go with Noxion or whatever it may be. So it's really just shooting the, the retailer or the, the buyer, whoever it is straight and being honest with them. So what is your, uh, what does your infrastructure look like? So, like, I, I find that really interesting, just the way a brand is run and the people that you have in your business. Because, you know, for the people that listen to this podcast, know that, like, I'm, I'm in it for the people. Like, I love our people. I love our customers, which we call clients, because we don't like to look at people as a transactional customer. Right. We want them to be a client, a long-term relationship. Right. Um, and honestly, that is more important to me. As much as everyone knows me as, like, a product snob and a good, like, I don't want to say guru. That's not the right word. Um, but like, a, what is the right word? Like an elitist. Like I, I only want to take the best products. Yeah. You know, like, and of course, everyone's going to say there's no best products, but our products are the best, right? <laughs> and if you don't think your products are the best, you're probably not putting them out. You guys think your products are the best. So that's just the way it is. Um, but like, I, I'm really in, in it for the people. So like, I want to know just curiosity, just the nuts and bolts of how does Purist operate? I mean, you two guys are probably the, the leaders of your organization, I'm assuming, I'm assuming, well, you're CEO, right? You're VP. So I'm assuming you're the leaders, but like, what does your support team look like? Do you have, uh, like a web team and then a where do you do your own fulfillment? Like what, what does your operation look like? Do you run like really lean? Like we do like it, when people come here and they realize that we all sit in one table and we run three brands, you know, that are crushing, like out of one table, they're like, what the heck is going on here? And sometimes we joke about it. Everyone does five jobs. I'm assuming you guys are similar to that. Extremely lean. So, I mean, really, when you're asking about the infrastructure, you're kind of looking at it. Um, you know, we do have uh, Natalie, who heads up all of our marketing, all of our web sales, um, and oversees our athletes. You know, and then, but everybody kind of jumps in and, and takes a role. You know, so even from the athlete standpoint, they're willing to step up and go and cover an event, you know, when they don't have to. And it's not something that we, that we task them with. It. It's like, hey, there's, this is coming up in my, in my area. Do you want me to go work a table for you? You know, so we're very fortunate to have that kind of team on board. Do you have uh, other sales? I know uh, Bo, who actually was going to be here, yeah. he, he ended up going to Rise, right? Um, Which we I, were going to, like, jab him a little bit. but Yeah, like, <laughs> we love you, Bo. Yeah. So, um, You're missing out on But, like, he was another you sales guy on your team. Do you have anyone else, or is it now just no, you guys? No, it's just us, too, and we're bringing another guy on. Um, hopefully, he's going to be starting this week at the end when we get back to Georgia. Um, so who is handling the Nutrition Corners account? That's what I really want to know. This guy right here. This guy? Okay. Right. You <laughs> talked to Carl? White glove treatment all the You talked to Carl? <laughs> no, I friended him on Instagram, though. So oh, that's uh, a big set. So we're buddies. Well, you might, you might, you, you might you unfriend after. We might need to talk about that after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're following him, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. That's how old I am. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, this is, we're pretty much it. You know, we are bringing on a sales team and kind of building that out. But I mean, to that point, I think that, you know, as a company, the more involvement that you have, the better feel that you have for, you know, what's going on, what's going on with the customers, directly with the customers. I, I, you know, no matter how big we get or how many people we bring on, I still enjoy talking to customers. Yeah. Like, I enjoy those phone calls. We do self-fulfill, so we have our warehouse right there in Georgia. And that's another thing that I, I, I like having there because... Amen, brother. Not that I'm a control freak, but I do like being able to just walk out and see the orders, you know. There's or, something to be said for having... So we... When we told our origin story, there was a period of one year we went to 3PL and it was a disaster. We went from the basement of Cape Cod Nutrition Corner to a 3PL in, in Atlanta, actually. Um, and it was this, a disaster. And so there's two problems there. You don't see the orders. You're not, it's not passing through your hands. So you don't really have control if you have to run out there and write a special note or fix something. Like, it's hard to do. Um, and then it's just like it, you just lose something in terms of the culture of the brand. Right. Not having your products there. You have everyone remote and it's just like it's hard to build that culture around it. If you look at, I think, all the people that have created a great culture, a lot of it is they do their own fulfillment. Yeah. You know, so like a 3PL is always kind of mind blowing and more power to the people that can do it, you know, but that's usually like a rocket ship, you know, type of deal where they have like and we talked about this on the last podcast, too, about like some hot influencer at the time is just blowing things up and it's just like something super trendy um and then the 3pl might make sense but having your own there's something to really to be said for that yeah for sure Agreed. um i got a question yeah go ahead so when it comes to product innovation when it comes to what the market trends are are saying or doing 
as far as formulation goes. So, like, I, I sit here and I sold your products pretty well in 2015, 16, and uh, out of the nutrition corners. But if we I were look, stacking, man, we could put together. Well, and that's some what stacks. I was telling so them that earlier. Like, that the net. Arlington Nutrition Corner was the king of natty test-boosting stacks, I'll tell you what. Yeah, like, Recycle was getting added a ton yeah. to some of my stacks. Um, Carl's going to ask for, like, 10 free bottles, just so you know. So <laughs> he's going to ask for all the freebies. Just, just but to, to say to that, I also, now I work, I've been working for Corner Nutritionals at the same time, and we've had, probably since that timing I'm working in the store, there's probably four to five different, different iterations of our pre-workout fury. Mm-hmm. where I look at, like, condense, and I look at noxygen, and then they're pretty much the exact same since when I was selling it in 2015 and 16. Yep. So I guess what do you guys say to towards that? Because, I mean, like, we are always trying to keep up with some of the, the formulation trends of the industry, you know, coming out with this new patent ingredient that's different, special, and then you have a lot of, you know, formula chasers that are looking for that next formula, you know, mm-hmm. taken to the another level. Like, and then you guys have pretty much, you're consistent when it comes to like the formulations that you guys have. So like, what do you say, what do you guys say to that? Why is it still the same? And what do you think about like the market trends of, of pushing formulation? So I think that um, going back to that, that question about like, what, what is it about purists that you're selling into the stores? I think that that falls back on, the trust of Brandon and the formulas that he comes out with. Um, you know, he's always, I think he was one of the first to really start throwing around efficacious doses. You know, like that was just his big buzzword. Yeah. Efficacious, efficacious, efficacious. And like, even when the trends were going, you know, bro science, where it was like, you need this much. He was like, bullshit, you don't. This is what I actually remember, shows. remember him. And, yeah, big yep, on that. Yep. you know, he get real frustrated with it. And so, you know, I think that we'll continue. You got four grams of citrulline. Well, I got five. Well, you got five. I got six. Well, you know what? I got seven. I got 10 grams of citrulline, and, baby. And Brandon's like, you only need three. <laughs> <laughs> well, All but, y'all shut up. But that's the thing is like, yeah. you know, it, our industry's gotten crazy where it, it's just like, okay, keep going, keep pushing, keep pushing. And that doesn't necessarily always equate to a good product. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of products that have hit the market that are the kitchen sink. That just don't do shit for you. I'll, I'll tell you what, there you know? is a, and this is what I, I've been saying, because anybody, every bro thinks they can come out with the most badass pre-workout, mm-hmm. and there is an art and there is a science to pre-workouts. Yep. There's you know, synergy. Like, I, my yep. everyday driver is, is, is either Fury or, or, or Harness is probably one I take the most. Harness has five grams of citrulline, which is, you know, more than the, I guess, the technically clinical three, but, like, a lot of people are at six and plus and yep. more than that. And uh, it's a pretty simple formula but it's by far like our biggest it crushes and it's just consistently great and so it's just like it's the art and the science is because we beta tested that with different levels and it that's what makes sense so that is something that i think a lot of brands miss yeah yeah and and to to touch on that as well on your question um condense is the same noxygen has been we come out with four different noxygen okay so the powder is the same yes uh, the original powder is the same. But then, you know, before I got there, we came out with liquid caps. But liquid caps was a go with, you know, you could take those with your energy drink, right? Is when Bang was in every cooler. Well, that's not truly a pre-workout. But throw your Noxian liquid caps in your bag, you can take it when you have that. Um, we did just come out with the Noxian RTD. But because of advances in technology, I guess you can say, we were able to come out with the Noxian pre-workout. Um, which is the first flavored Noxian ever, right? You know, so. When was that? Pre-workout came out in January. No, last December. I'm sorry. So 2021. 2021 December. Yep, okay. December. And then it was. So you have you, but you have it. You've created a sub-brand with Noxygen within Pure. It's a flagship. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like product. it's kind of like our Red, White, and Boom for America yeah. Labs. It's like we have like ten versions of Red, White, and Boom, pretty much. Right. You know, off of the Boom. Right. And success of you know what though, honestly. So the liquid caps and the powder were out. We hadn't decided. I don't know if I, I we had share it, share we, it. We hadn't decided what was even going into Noxium pre-workout. I had a conversation with the buyer at GNC and by the, you know, just talking about what we were thinking about doing. And by the end of it, he said, yeah, we'll take two flavors that exclusive for three months. So then I called Sean, I, my exact words were like, Hey man, are you sitting down? Cause we hadn't even started this thing. Right. We had no flavors. It was a concept at this point. Yeah. So, but I'm glad we came out with it. I love the pre-workout. It's a great pre-workout. Yeah. Cool. What you got, me? Anything else? You guys have anything else you want to add? How many? How many minutes are we in here? Uh, 
Oh, geez, we're we're 52 minutes and a whole a whole Cuban into this sucker. <laughs> so time flies when we're making Having good fun? conversation. Yeah. yeah. So you guys have anything you want to add? Is there anything else you want to let the people know about Purist that we missed in this conversation? No, Purist. I think you touched on it. Um, functional, like uh, just an on-the-go snack. You know, that, that seems to be another gap or, you know, what everybody's looking for. But yep. what we didn't want to do is just come out with a bar, a cookie, or at this point even a brownie. You know, it was like, all right. We got to get outside of like what everybody else is doing because nobody's going to look at a purist bar and pick that up over you know a quest or something like that. Yeah. Right? So tell us a little bit about the protein crispy snack or what? What's the protein crispy treat? Treat. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make so, sure. Um, we like macro, macros, flavors. Can you can you share any of that yeah, or is that? Yeah, yeah. No, we're uh, we're looking to launch that hopefully end of next month, um, early October. Well, according to this, <laughs> according well, what, to what's the countdown? According to 20, your twenty six days, eighteen yeah. hours, five minutes, and exactly 12 seconds there you go on the clock there we go uh, We're on the there's clock. a countdown yeah yeah so three flavors we've got classic marshmallow which is just your classic rice crispy treat um s'mores which is going to be a crispy treat but and also have graham cracker chocolate chunks and marshmallows and then cinnamon cookie crunch which is cinnamon based but then also has pieces of biscoff cookies in it and then uh macros i was really impressed with the macros yeah because so, it's a It'll fill you up. I mean, it's like it's like you're eating something. The one thing, the downfall, like I, I love Mark's Outright Bar, mm-hmm. right? Like it's great. And it's very innovative because he was really the first one to do that peanut butter-based bar. But, man, I could stick three in my mouth, like in a, like one bite, and I'm done an Outright Bar, yeah. right? And you want when you're just like, man, that was 300 calories, yeah. right? So I love the idea of actually feeling like you're eating something. And, you know, the yeah. macros aren't crazy. You could so, eat three of them, and it would be like, you know. The good thing about that being a crisp is the airiness of it. You know, you get a good-sized bar. It's 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 a 55, 60-gram bar, yep. you know. Three-and-a-half um, by two-and-a-half by one inch. Traditional, you know, Rice Krispie Treat size. But you get 150 to 165 calories, 15 grams of protein, 10 grams of carbs, and five to six grams of fat. It's super light. Yeah. That's good. You totally eat. I would eat two. So it's, uh, <laughs> totally. Sounds, <laughs> like three. sounds like a party. Yeah. Uh, so, no, we're excited about that. And, and again, it's just um, kind of just something new to the table, you know. Yeah. What else? Anything else you guys want to add besides your protein crispy treat coming out in exactly 29-something? I forget the yeah. count. Check the countdown. Appreciate the, the hospitality and you Absolutely. guys having us out. Uh, beautiful facility. Awesome gym. Love that man. workout this morning. Yeah. When do you guys head out? We're heading over to Europa tomorrow and then back to Georgia. Okay, yep. cool. Well, you guys are welcome anytime. Uh, this was a good chat. Next time, bring Brandon. We can talk about building stuff out in the wilderness or whatever <laughs> else he's into. So we appreciate you guys. Yep. Thanks, man. Thank, appreciate you. You. Thank you guys. Thank you guys so yeah. much. Guys, until next time, keep crushing it.